Welcome to Paint Radio with your hosts, Emily Howard and Andrew Dwyer. Emily, did you know that Mr. VoiceOver Guy was on The Bachelor? No. Isn't that amazing? That is. It's awesome. But he, uh, so he was on The Bachelor, but guess, and so he's got, I don't know, 25, 30 women, however many bachelorettes are on the show. But this had never happened to The Bachelor. They all were just like, oh my God, what's it like to work with Andrew? What's he like? And all they did was pepper him with questions about, about me. Did he quit? So, I mean, it was just, I mean, obviously I'm fascinating, but it's, that's not what the show's about. So the producers just had to kill it. It's the first time they've ever had to kill a season of The Bachelor. Because someone who wasn't on the show yeah. was the center of attention. I was the show, but I wasn't on the show. Interesting. Yeah. And I think that's why he treats me so poorly. Or maybe he just doesn't like you. It could be that, too. <laughs> and I am Andrew Dwyer, king of the dislikables, joined, as usual, with Emily Howard. It's Paint Radio. It's uh, We're deep into the mission vacation path, joined along the path, as always, thankfully, Brian Nolan of Nolan Consulting Group and our dreamy, lucky winner, Dustin Zupanzik of Dreamscape Painting. Brian and Dustin, how are you? Oh, doing great, thanks. Terrific. Thank you. Brian mentioned before we went on there that they uh, mm-hmm. just finished a, a coaching call. And so, boy, I wish we could just record the coaching call. That would be awesome. They would love that. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's kind of like making sausage. That's you right. always like to see what goes into it, but it's good afterwards. One thing that goes in the mission vacation, man, could not do it without our spectacular sponsors, Sherwin-Williams, Adrian Steele, Arrow Worthy, and Frog Tape. And you're going to hear more about Arrow Worthy later in this podcast because this specific podcast is specifically sponsored by Arrow Worthy. They're going to join us midway through talking about some of the great applicators they have for painting contractors. But let's dive on in, talk about Dustin, talk with Brian. Um, Dustin, let's start with you. Um, and just, I don't know, super quick, in case somebody's listening to the Mission Vacation po- podcast for the first time, as I said, we're deep into the process. We had a, uh, a lengthy contest looking for a painting contractor who wanted to improve their business structures that would enable them to take more time away so the business wasn't solely operating on top of them and that uh, they could delegate power and the contractor could go on a vacation and the business would continue to operate smoothly in their absence. And that is what Brian is helping Dustin achieve, helping Dustin implement these awesome business structures that allow for more smooth operating. So I'm I'm understanding, Dustin, that you're in the middle of a a 90-day plan. So what's going well and what's what's not going so well? Well, well, it's all it's all it's all good, right? It's all going well. Um, You know, we it's been really great. Um, Brian and I were going through it and kind of checking things off and chatting about it a little bit earlier. And um, it's always encouraging to like look back and see the things that you have implemented and the things that have been successful and then identifying the challenging areas or, and whatever. Um, but if you don't have a plan or nothing written down, then you got nothing to reflect on and you just feel like a failure all the time. Oof. <laughs> um, so, so it's been really good. So, you know, we've, uh, we kind of had five things that we were, we were going to nail down and, uh, uh, the three year vision, I think we really nailed that. I'm really excited about it, and I think uh, my team is really excited about it. It's, it's given them more 
uh, just more direction. And, um, and that's been really fun to see. The three-year vision, um, meaning where do you want to be in three years in yes, case somebody exactly. didn't listen to the previous podcast? Exactly, exactly. The other thing we're going to do is work on uh, budget and our KPIs, key performance indicators. And that's been a fun process of reclassifying a bunch of things in our books and tracking things a little more closely. And, and it's great because we've you know gotten more into the habit of being on top of some of those numbers that uh, some of them we knew, some of them uh, not so much. So um, that's been really great. So I feel like we nailed that as well. And uh, let's see, number three was working on the position description specifically for um, Amy. She's been working in our office as like a bookkeeper, an office manager, kind of doing doing a bit of everything. I think everyone needs everyone needs an Amy in their life. It's great. Um, but it's not always been super clear and I want it to be super clear for her and for myself. So as, as the company grows, then if we need more people helping out in, in the admin area, it'll be easy to split off from the position or add things on and um, just clarity, I think, is is king. And also a better position description for myself because just doing everything else isn't much of a description and it's kind of can be frustrating at times. So it's helpful to have everything described. So again, as we grow and want to add more people to the management team or whatever, it'll be easy to peel off duties and, and other and opportunities for, for other people and have it nice and clean. Um, we've, we've been working on that. Not quite finished Amy's description, but we got a first draft done and we just need to finalize it. So we're close on that. And then the uh, kind of the fourth thing we've been working on is our, this is kind of the big one, the employee classification and pay rates, learning pathways, just all of that. It's, it's a lot. And that's, you know, the status of that is very much in progress. Um, we've, uh, We've got some good bones, good structure to it, and now it's kind of just a lot of fleshing out to do, um, and it's going to be a lot of work to kind of fill it all out. But we're getting pretty close to a working model, something to uh, to implement as a as a test trial, and then and then roll it out to the rest of the company. So I'm pretty I'm excited about that. And you know what's been really great with with this is um, is it's, it's such a big uh, project really and it's been good to learn my limits I guess you know like I can't do everything um, and one of my goals is to empower my my team to grow in their leadership abilities and grow as leaders provide opportunities for them to excel and and hand things off and one of the uh, most challenging things I think about handing things off to people is that you at some point you actually have to hand it off which you know, it's nice, nice to talk about, but but in practice, you know that that's it's not always fun, and that's been a challenge. Um, well, and we got really into this a little bit in the last podcast, and I have to say, I've gone back and listened to that podcast multiple times since then because I thought it was just it was so interesting. You guys were doing a lot of discussion about delegation, and that delegation was just about to happen. I think Brian stopped us at some point in the in the podcast and said, "Hey, this is." just about to happen yeah so how has that gone yeah so it's been yeah so it's i think when i was thinking about the employee classification and and, then the the learning pathways whatever program from the beginning i was envisioning myself taking it from beginning to end and then handing it over to my team and being like here you guys go it's finished and ready for action but 
I think it's, it's, it's way too big for that. And I think that some of my team could probably do it better than me. And, and especially since they're the ones who are actually on site producing the work and doing it, uh, a lot of the information is much more relevant to them than it is to me. So what I'm super excited about is been working with Brian to develop like a training pathway committee. So I've involved a few of my um, team in there and then we're appointing someone as a head of that committee. And um, what's made me really confident and excited about, about it is giving clear guidelines and expectations on what I want the committee to accomplish, you know, so that they have freedom within confines to, um, to do their own thing the way that, the way that they want to do it. Cause it's not going to be the way that I want to do it, but as long as we have the end in mind, they're going to probably do it a lot better than me. What and did I can that? Be confident. Yeah. And I oh. can be really confident in that too, knowing that we both have the same goal. Okay. Know? So I'm super curious about that emotional journey because I'm an emotional journey kind of person. Um, because last we spoke, like I said, this was this was all sort of in process. And I know, Dustin, you, you were struggling with, with letting it go a little bit. How did you get to this point where you're you're okay with the fact that this is going to happen in a way that is different from the way that you might have done it? Uh, I think, you know, I think a lot of it is just recognizing that I'm really bad at certain things and I'm good at other things. And I would way rather spend my time on things that I'm, that I'm good at and can make an impact on than, than things I'm not. And recognizing that when I try to do some of that stuff, I mean, I can get it done, but I think it takes me an inordinate amount of time compared to somebody else who's more naturally gifted uh, in that way. So I think as starting to put people in, in small leadership positions and seeing them responsible with that, it just makes you, it makes it a lot easier to let go, you know? If I, if I could jump in, Brian, here, um... It was on on our, not this past call, but the one before that, that I actually saw an epiphany on Dustin's face. Um, it was really, it was a cool moment as he realized that, that true organizational change happens um, when you can involve other people in the process of leadership, when you can give other people opportunities advance. He's got all these great people, and now he's got to give these great people opportunities. And it was like, oh, that's how organizational change is going to happen. And then I, and then he started to see himself having conversations with these people. So we developed a, an outline. He's developing a project charter where, as a leader, Dustin is going to lay out the expectations, I should say as a champion and a sponsor, he's going to lay out the expectations and then have one of his guys lead the training committee. But we should we should maybe now go back and talk about uh, what brought this a little bit off course was this, this operations manager and where we are now, because that's also opened up the opportunity for one of these guys to lead this training committee, right, Dustin? Maybe you yeah, can talk absolutely. a little bit about that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think like we mentioned a while ago, due to things, I am in need of um, a new operations manager. And, um, you know, we've explored a few different people. And one of, one of them on my team, I invited them to apply for the position. And just through like the application process and doing a disk profile on them and discussing that with um, Nolan and his team, um, it was it was just enlightening as to you know what uh, this particular person's strengths and weaknesses were and um, yeah it was just interesting things that I thought were important strengths I think I have reassessed that and and I think you know 
are not that important <laughs> in in the particular role of operations but, manager of operations manager. Gotcha. Yeah, and and so this one particular person was highlighted as lots of leadership potential, but probably not cut out for uh, the detail orientedness of that role um, and and some of the pressures that that are go along with it. But I know this person has great leadership potential and, and consistently asks for more responsibility. So um, that's, I'm really excited to be able to put him in charge of the uh, the uh, leadership training pathway. And, and again, it's giving him a more manageable chunk of responsibility and leadership instead of dumping the whole, dumping a huge one on him, right? Right, that, like the, op- the operations of the entire company. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's a real takeaway here, gang. A real takeaway is people often promote someone to a higher level and it's too much. And so, you know, the best practices is to um, give people with uh, potential and desire, give them a lead, give them a project to lead, give them something to lead so they can, you can then coach them through it and develop them. Because so many people, they get promoted and then they skin their knee and then either they get fired or they leave and they're all of a sudden bummed out and that didn't work. So what, what this is going to turn into is, is an opportunity to give a rising star an opportunity without putting too much on his back uh, in a job that we've, we've assessed. It, it's not quite ready. So mm-hmm. now you're, you're dedicating time and energy to something you weren't planning to dedicate time and energy, and that is to fill again the new role of operations manager. Right. So you're yeah. you're are you continuing to fight on are you maintaining your momentum on the other aspects of of building up your business or have you had to take all of your forces off the southern <laughs> front and amass them on the northern front attacking the <laughs> ops manager position? Yeah, well absolutely it's uh you know slowed slowed down my personal momentum for sure on on some of the uh you know details I mean, it's certainly highlighted, again, the need to have other people in the organization doing a lot of this work, right? Because this just happens in, in business and in life, right? Um, so I'm excited to have, you know, somebody else running the employee classification, the learning pathways, progressing that along without me having to be doing it all the time. But yeah, so I've definitely, like I, yeah, like you said, I've been uh, really having to split my my time now to find focus on finding an operations manager and i wasn't wasn't expecting to do that so brian on that topic of i mean i'm gonna guess and you tell me if i'm wrong like emily loves to do when it, it right what brian what dustin is learning is how much work or relearning how much work and energy and time and how frustrating it can be in order to accomplish these longer term goals you have to sacrifice shorter term goals and and there's probably not much pleasure in that it's probably not satisfying it's probably very frustrating and is this where and when many contractors give up and they say look it's not just that I'm giving up but it's not working the my plan to bail the water out of the boat yes I'm going on yet another uh analogy here isn't working so I have to change I need to stop I need to stop this plan because it doesn't make sense do do is this when contractors give up yeah, I mean, Andrew, that was really astute for someone like you. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. That was that was brilliant. Um, yeah, it, 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 it so is. I mean, it, and I um, I often say it's just a time to recalibrate. You know, I'm, I'm reading this book called How Bad Do You Want It? And um, while it's about in, endurance training and marathons, it, it applies to business. How bad do you want it? 
And so what's it? Well, it's the vision. And you're going to get sidetracked. Your head's going to get into the sand because you're doing things you didn't expect to. But if you pull your head out and you, you go back to, to your vision, you recalibrate. And, and by the way, it's, he's ready for the, for the next 90-day plan. I mean, it's the third quarter started yesterday. And uh, we like to do quarterly 90 days. And yep, a, a whole lot got done. And we're moving, moving the ball. There was a sidetrack. But Dustin is, Dustin is resilient. And there's a comment in the in the book about how bad you want it. Brace yourself. You've got to expect the pain. You got to expect sidetracking. Brace yourself. Don't let it don't let it throw you into a tizzy. Just go back to your vision. And uh, I mean, it, it happens to me all the time. And I, I got it. I've got to pull back. As long as you know what you want, you can recalibrate. Well, and so what are the steps from here, right? So so things changed. As, as we started on this journey a couple of months ago, uh, Dustin, you had an operations manager in place. You were able to focus a lot of time and attention to, um, to these five big rocks that we've been talking about. We're now walking into the fifth big rock. The first three have gone very, very well. Um, the fourth one is, is, is a much, I don't want to say it's a bigger rock, but I think it might be a little bit more of a deviation from the way that you're used to operating. At the same time, you lose the operations manager. So you're probably doing the duties of the operations manager, working on the five rocks and looking for an operations manager, which is no small amount of work. So, Brian, what do you recommend at this moment, right? We say don't give up, but like what are the next steps? Well, I mean, he's got some very clear next steps. I think that's what's promising. It, it always go forward, be on the offensive. I mean, I'll, I'll let Dustin talk about his, his next candidate for the operations manager, but he's got someone uh, very real now in that role. The second next step is to actually start the planning with the person he's selecting to be his training committee head. And uh, he's ready to sort of set that up and start that process to this quarter. Well, um, and can I ask yeah. Dustin really fast, do you, I mean, that's what are your hours looking like right now with all of this stuff going on? Is it more? Is it less? Are you kind of keeping it status quo? What's happening in your day to day? Yeah, I mean, I, it's not too much more, you know, but it occupies, certainly occupies a lot more headspace. And then I, and you end up, you know, taking more calls and emails into the into the evenings and, and getting less accomplished on projects that you actually wanted to get things done on, mm -hmm. you know? So I wouldn't say it's like tons more time gone, but certainly, you know, personal productivity right. um, is, is a lot less. Okay. Um, and, and certain details get missed as well, right? That are less important to me, but more important to some of my team, right? Right. So that, that's suffered for sure. Okay. And then so so then what are your next steps here? So yeah, so I've been, you know, I'm really trying to find an operations manager. That's That's been my goal. Um, and actually, yeah, I've had a, an unexpected candidate that, that I'm working with now. It actually is my older brother. He, let's see, he hasn't painted in probably 12 or 15 years. And at that time, when we painted together, it was probably him, my dad, myself, and one or two other people, and that was about it. And um, at that time, he wasn't interested in just painting for the rest of his life, and there was no real opportunity in in the company at that time. And so he he did other things, and he's been working for um, a big insurance corporation for the last ten years. And uh, right now, he's 
like a manager of managers, basically. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've always been interested in working with him. And it was just through one of our recent conversations when I was talking about kind of the role that I was looking for um, and some of the things that that person would have to do. And he's like, yeah, well, I, that's actually like, basically, that's what I do now, you know? And um, I, at the time I was considering a candidate and I was talking to him about kind of what the compensation looked like. And he was like, oh, I had no idea a painting company, you could make that kind of money in a painting company, you know? Yeah, tell USA um, Today. Pardon me? Yeah. They said people who work for painting companies don't make money. So oh, I hate that. <laughs> Emily yeah. won't people, let anybody people for in fast food, everybody. People in fast food restaurants and retail don't make much money. Most of the painting companies I know pay more for a starting rate than an assistant manager at a Chipotle. That's all I'm saying. Good to know. Somebody who makes yes. money are contractors who use uh, arrow-worthy applicators. Yeah, that's right. That's called a segue, people. <laughs> I take from Emily's laughter that she's impressed. So, uh, no, but seriously, we love arrow-worthy. And uh, Roland Kalilius, who I've known for probably nearly 20 years, is joining us to talk to us about the new brush line, the new applicators, specifically for, for contractors. Roland, take it away. Talk to us about that. Yes, Andrew. Uh, thank you. And uh, for many years now, since uh, our company was uh, founded, we've developed and produced products for the uh, contractors. And everything that we produce on the Airworthy side has been with the interaction, uh, hands-on, testing with the professional contractor. The Aura Brush series was developed uh, about a year ago. Uh, we finally got it to market after several uh, versions of it, testing behind the scenes with the contractors. It was developed uh, to uh, replicate a filament that's out there in the marketplace known as Chinex. Uh, we thought if we were gonna come out with a version of a brush like that, we wanted to make it a far superior tool than what the contractor has been using in the marketplace today and we believe we have. Uh, the aura offers uh, the, uh, the abilities to uh, perform and apply paint, uh, latex paints, uh, oil paints, and at the same time give you that uh, comfort zone of that superior finish that the contractor has been looking for in a brush. Uh, the brush is very durable. Uh, very long-lasting. Uh, you can clean it out, reuse it many times over. Uh, it's, we believe we've got a true product there, uh, more like in the category in what we have in the roller cover series, which was well-renowned in the Arrowworthy brand, the microfiber product. Roland, I love it. I love Arrowworthy. I know you guys love Mission Vacation. We love that you're a sponsor. Love all of our sponsors. Speaking of love, brotherly love, Dustin, let's get back to what we were talking about. What's it like? What are the what are the ups and downs? The what what's appealing to you and what's concerning you about the prospect of uh, of hiring your brother, of hiring a sibling? Yeah, and I, I don't mean that specific to your brother, who I'm sure is a lovely gentleman. <laughs> I mean it more generally about having a family member. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I've grown up uh, working with family members at one time or another. My, my sister and brother and myself were all, you know, painting at the same time, working for my dad. Um, I was the last one who hung on there. And, you know, I've worked with my dad for a long, long time now. 
So I'm familiar with that. And actually, my brother and I, we, we have a, a, another small business together managing a rental property. So we kind of already know we can work together. Um, I think the most challenging cautionary thing is um, I really want to make sure we're doing all of our due diligence um, to make sure that he's a, it's a good fit for him. It's a good opportunity for him. You know, we want I want one plus one to equal three, not just bring him on for because he's family or whatever. But you know, it's it it brings it closer to home. The risk. I mean, it's he's been at his current job for a decade and he's moving up in there, so it's a huge life change for him and his family. So that puts pressure on me to provide a place for him to succeed because otherwise I got his family on the line as well and I got to see them every Christmas, you know, <laughs> that's um, true. So, you know, it, it puts a little bit more pressure on me, I think, to make sure it's a good fit, but it also makes me really excited because I know we have pretty complementary skills that, um, that I think could be really, really additive and really great. One thing that's been helpful for me in the process of looking for an operations manager is thinking about that particular person in that role in like two years. And some of the people I've considered for the role, I think, oh, in two years, they should be doing the role about as good as I'm doing it now. Um, other people I've considered, I think like, yeah, in two year, in one year, they should be doing it like, you know, about as good as me, maybe a bit better. And then when I consider other people, my brother included, I think like, okay, I can see within like six months, he would be doing it as good as me. And in a year or two, there should be massive improvements. So that's been really helpful for me too, is again, visualizing what the end result is. Um, because it's easy to, you know, like a person and, and think like, oh, I could work with them and it would be great. But um, I think thinking a little bit longer term is, is really helpful. Well, um, Brian, what's your advice in scenarios like this? Um, well, number one, he's, he's looking for the operations manager position, but now bringing in potentially a family member. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm knee deep in family business. My, <laughs> my brother, Kevin Nolan, is my business partner. Uh, my son, Colin Nolan, um, is working for me in my business. Uh, four of Kevin's kids work for him. We're part of a family business network, actually. I have a family business coach who coaches me. So I'm going to give you a few takeaways here. The first one is uh, roles have to be clear. So his job description has to be so clear. Um, also, you know, what does winning look like? So he's clear on what his KPIs are. Um, how do decisions get made? So that's clear. Um, the meetings that you guys are going to have, set up a regular schedule, um, but also set up boundaries. When you're at home and outside, you don't talk about about work. And then, and then lastly, have have family meetings uh, quarterly or at least a couple times a year because it gets even more interesting. Because Amy, um, I guess Amy's husband. Uh, tell me this again, Dustin. Amy's um, husband is Amy's sister. Is Amy's sister. My brother. <laughs> Say that again. Oh wow, that is a twist. Say that again. <laughs> so. Uh, Amy, our, our, our office manager, is um, her sister is married to my brother. So it's a lot of people going down that are close to me. If, wow. <laughs> this will, this, is, this is so common. This I, I see this all the time. Husband, wives, sisters, brothers. So to avoid problems, document these things and um, have boundaries, right? It just got interesting. How does Amy feel about this? You don't need to answer that, Dustin, because we have Amy on the line now. 
Well, she's, I mean, she's sitting like 15 feet away, so, you know. Um, well, bring her up. Well, she hasn't, she hasn't stormed out yet, so I think it's, it's pretty positive. Uh, one thing Brian said that I love is that, that you, Brian, work with a, uh, a family business coach. So the coach is getting coached. I love that because, look, it's not – some coaches probably – think they don't need coaching right so that's uh that's awesome to hear that you're doing that 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 shows the the humility so this is the part of the show i love when we talk about dustin as if he's not sitting here with us um (laughs) what (laughs) brian what are some things that again thinking about all the contractors who are listening how can they benefit from dustin what what do you see in dustin as someone who is coachable in what way is he coachable that is a lesson that all contractors should learn well, I think, you know, Dust has developed what I call leadership muscle here that, you know, you, it, it takes some, some work. He, I, I thought because of his profile, he's a high S and disc that, you know, change, change isn't always easy for someone with a high S, but I, I think he's been very, um, introspective about his, his own self and doing that. I mean, he's, he's learning how to hire right. As I said, the biggest thing is that, uh, implementation has to happen from down below as leaders we give the vision we set a culture but we can't drive down implementation we need we need the people in the field to really be a part of that and get some skin in the game and so i think the people listening to this call need to start to identify two or three people on their team who they can start to give projects to, maybe someone to run, be, be the safety captain. Lord knows we, we need more safety out there. I hear incidences all the time about injuries, uh, training, uh, interviewing, hiring, helping with that process. There's, a, there's an abundance of things that you can start to delegate to people. And uh, the term we use today in our coaching call was participatory management, participatory. Involve your people and find out who your thinkers are. How do you know who the thinkers are? Well, when you read your vision to them, you start to look in people's eyes. Some of them are going to be deer in headlights. Others are going to pop up. Then you have one-on-one meetings, and you ask them, so, so how do you like the vision? Where do you think you can help out? What are some of the areas you thought of? Um, that's how you do it. You engage. So this is so, so we're 90 days in. We're, we're looking at a potential operations manager. You've got someone who potentially could could head up the career pathways committee. And then the next thing on the list is the leadership training and aspiring leaders. So this is, yeah. what do the next couple of weeks look like for Dustin? Um, yeah, so the leadership training program, I'm really excited about that too. And I think through uh, my discussions and chats uh, with Brian, um, what I really envision that program to be, like an, an, an aspiring leaders program, is to be more like action items and committees, uh, leadership opportunities, along with a book club. So for instance, um, having people who want to take a leadership track in the aspiring leaders program, they could join that and then we would be going through books at a, at a certain rate or whatever and meeting and just talking about that but it would be really focused on providing opportunities for them to grow in their leadership so whether that be uh with say heading up the training committee or heading up a safety committee or doing an an initiative for whatever else but just providing small opportunities for them to to grow 
and so that I can continue giving them bigger and bigger ones. And, um, and I, I think that's super exciting uh, to me. And it provides me a way of, a clear way of, um, I think, incentivizing a lot of people as well, you know, that if I can trust them with more responsibility, then I'm happy uh, to give them more. Um, it, it brings a lot more clarity to that, you know, because I think some of that stuff is outside of, of even the career pathway. And people at different levels in the career pathway may be demonstrating more leadership than others. And um, I think it provides extra opportunities that I think people can get really excited about. And this, this, ladies and gentlemen, is the turning point in the entire coaching arrangement here, is that this is what will allow Dustin to take vacations and have a more balanced life. Establishing a group of leaders who all of a sudden start stepping up in all kinds of of ways. This is the essence of what's getting done here. I wonder if you could put a little bit of clarity, Brian, on one thing for, for us here. And that is, so we've talked about the career pathways, and then we've talked about the leadership training. And these are two of the five big rocks. Can you kind of differentiate the two? The career pathways versus leadership training? Mm-hmm. Sure. The career pathways is is going to take an employee um, who would come in as an apprentice one and um, have have levels to achieve different, you know, apprentice two, uh, technician, painter one, painter two, job lead, and um, a lot of skill sets and logistics. But there's a whole leadership pathway, uh, which is how how someone develops people, how someone runs a project. How someone gives feedback. So the leadership training is going to be for those those select group of people that want to lead people. Whereas the employee classification and pay rates is a pathway for everybody, um, what they're working on to move up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, and so we are we are actually coming to the the end of our time here on Mission Vacation too. So there won't be long before we're announcing whether or not Dustin won the the three thousand dollars for vacation. Um, Brian, what does Dustin need to do to win the big vacay money? So is it just a uh, a few things left? He he needs to finish his his and Amy's job description. He needs to uh, appoint and charter the training committee uh, with the person and, and have that that conversation so that that gets going. And then he needs to show me, um, write down, you know, what the aspiring leaders program is going to look like, and any kind of curriculum and how that's going to go. He's, he's been a great, he's been a great person to work with because he's, he's not defensive at all. And he understands that, that growth and comfort don't coexist. Growth and comfort do not coexist. Bam. Love talking with you guys. The more uncomfortable you are, maybe the more reason why you should do something. See? And this is what I tell Emily. I make her so uncomfortable. She should be so thankful. I should be making a lot more money, I think. (laughs) Speaking of of uncomfortable, not only do we decide, uh, we all decide whether Dustin goes on vacation, but then Dustin has to choose who he's bringing with him on vacation. And Dustin, you know, I've always been a big fan. You know, I love you, man. That's no, no pressure. Oh. Man, talk about taking the prize out of the prize. I just felt that <laughs> he's bringing me. I'm going with him. We're going fishing, right, Dustin? I'm coming uh, to We're going fishing. Absolutely, absolutely. That's like taking his grandpa, Brian. <laughs> oh man, some on Golden Pond reference. Well, I need babysitters, anyways. That's you know. True. Yeah. So. 
That's what sh- that's what the prize should have been, okay. right? Babysitters. That's right, Trace exactly. <laughs> Guys, love having you on. Everybody who's listening, we really do hope you've been following along with Mission Vacation. But all the podcasts are there on PaintMag.com. If you've missed any of them. I mean, they they clearly offer value in and of themselves, but if you can listen to them as a series, literally following uh, Dustin along on this path, it can dramatically help you re-engineer your own business. And I, you know, we talk a lot about our sponsors because we love our sponsors and all this talk about path. I have to mention Sherwin-Williams, premium sponsor of Mission Vacation. Of course, they have their Paint Your Path uh, initiative. And if you haven't looked into that yet, please do. Just go to Sherwin, just Sherwin Williams, paint your path into Google. And, uh, it's fabulous. The resources that Sherwin Williams is putting up on their website. And of course, thank you to Arrow Worthy. Great to hear from Roland on this podcast. In addition to our other sponsors, Adrian Steele and Frog Tape. Emily, you did a decent job today. So I want to thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even get that out. People well say that faint praise. Is the most effective praise of all. <laughs> you know plenty about it. <laughs> That's right. Seriously, everybody, uh, paintmag.com, there's a lot of resources there. And if you haven't watched the video with Dustin in it yet and Brian, holy cow, you got to check that out, paintmag.com. Awesome. Dustin, keep up the good work. Brian, you're a rock star. Keep listening, everybody. Make your business better. We love you at APC. Thanks for listening. Thanks.